Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. It's not enough just to own a camera. Everyone owns a camera. To be a photographer, you must understand, appreciate, and harness the power you hold inside. And that is today's quote by Mark Denman. So thank you for following through the steps of finding ideal clients. If you have, if you haven't, if you go back, you'll find in the last two months or so, you'll find episodes one through five. And if you want to follow along, go to lucydumascoaching.com and you can download the guide. So that being said, I have kept this step, which is about your photography, till almost the end. Why, you might ask. Well, the reason is simple. A lot of people think that if you are a good enough photographer, the world will beat a path to your door. And that is not really true. You do have to be a good photographer. You have to be a competent photographer. You need to be able to complete the tasks that you say yes to. But you do not, first of all, you don't have to be the best in the world. And you can't just rely on that. And I'm going to say a true confession here. I'm a pretty darn good photographer. And I think I have leaned into that more than I needed to. And could have had there been things like we have now where there's much more education on how to get things done. And there's a lot more ways to get the word out. Had I put more focus on marketing, I would have had work come to me easier. Now, it's great when people find me and then they love my photography. But before that, they need to find me. So I'm going to pause one sec, look at my notes so I can just give you all the good stuff. Hold on. Okay. So what do we need to think about in this step, which is about our photography, both how to photograph in a way that makes a good lead and a good potential client, a fabulous client. I will say that most of my clients don't come expecting to invest six, seven, eight thousand, decorate their whole home, you know, upwards of in the five figures. So the journey of selling, which is step seven, and we're going to talk about that in two weeks, um, is full of the steps. And one of them is that when I'm photographing, I have in mind, that I want a lot of variety and I'm shooting so that I can have enough to sell and to decorate someone's home and create an album if that's what they decide to do with that. The way I price myself, it it's kind of like layers. So I have a session fee and then I collect a minimum deposit. 
And I have found I want it high enough so that the people that are looking for a bargain will go away, but low enough for the initial commitment that ideal clients won't be scared off by by having to decide right off the bat to spend a certain amount of money. Now, every everybody's different. Every community is different. Uh, the outreach, the client base that you're with is different. I will say that I've found the sweet spot is at least five to 700, but in most cases, not much more than that. So that's a session fee and then a separate deposit that goes towards purchase. Um, so I'm getting off in another direction. But what I'm saying is, so that first tier, they make an investment, they pay me enough that if they never ordered, yes, five to $700 is not what feels right for me. So the people that aren't right for me will definitely drop out and I won't lose potential people. And it's okay if occasionally someone does not invest well or doesn't take the time to come in. Okay, let's see. So I went off on a little bunny trail, but but the trail included when I'm doing a session, I, first of all, I love my 24 to 105 lens because it's F4 L series in the Canon because I can do wide with a lot of scenery, like uh, the little boy behind me, if you're watching this on video, I can do fill the frame with the whole, the whole, um, gosh, it's Saturday morning and it's kind of hot. And so I'm struggling here, but I'm going to just keep pushing through anyway. So I can do scenic. I can do the whole family head to toe, and then I can do close-ups and then I can do little breakout sections of, of groupings. So within that one lens, I've got a portrait length and I've got a wide angle and I've got all the in-betweens. And then I also have a 70 to 200. I don't have the 2.8 because to me, the name of the game for people is they want the faces sharp. And <laughs> I can't carry that 2.8 lens uh without hurting myself very much. So uh, I've sold thousands and thousands of wall portraits with both of those lenses and with some other ones that I have, but those are my favorites. So that I've got the full range and I don't have to move a lot to get variety. So I'm also photographing so that I've got enough that I can tell a story. So I do portraits, I do lifestyle, I do super close-ups. I do beautiful scenery where the people are kind of small. All of that imagining besides what they put out in their home, they will be able to have a storybook that they treasure. So I'm showing people during the sales session 60 to 70 images, possibly more, so that when they take out a third, which that's pretty much what most people will do. Even if you only put in absolute winners, they'll still take out a third. So I leave in a third that are that are fine, but I'm fine with them 
leaving, you know, going, getting taken out so that I have 40 images or so left after we sort down to the best. So that's the one thing. Um, and just keeping in mind, since since our topic is basically finding ideal clients, is that ideal clients aren't just like discovered, like you're you're digging for gold. They're more like, um, I don't know, tomato plants where you get the soil fertile, you make sure that it's hospitable, you get the right uh, tomato varieties that uh, will thrive, that are going to produce what you want, and then you nurture it. So the photography comes under nurturing. It also is important that we're competent. So when we say yes to an assignment, that we can do it. And I don't mean like, I'm going to admit that even after 40 years, I still have a nervous excitement and a little doubt and the thought that this is it. Today's the day I'm going to completely mess up, <laughs> which hasn't happened a lot. But but I think that keeps me um, a little sharp to be when I'm too like, oh, this is going to be easy. This is, this is the time I'll forget things um, or I'll just feel like I didn't quite give it my all. Okay, so, you know, if you were asking me to to go into a medical equipment factory and photograph all these medical devices, I'm not competent for that. I don't know how to do that. So I would say no. Um, there's ways to become competent. And I think, another little side, I think I would rather suggest to you that if you're not competent in an area, do it for free. Assist a colleague. If you join your local and state chapters of Professional Photographers of America or any other group where there are people who are farther along than you, they'll love to have assistance if they're, you know, I find that photographers, we are a very friendly, very open group, at least in the portraits, weddings, boudoir, headshot world. So helping others or doing sessions where the session is free. And if someone enjoys what you did, then you will uh, do the whole sales presentation system and they can buy things. You certainly can bonus. I don't suggest that you start out as a digital photographer where you photograph for very low price and hand them a, a big bunch of files because then you're you're cutting out that opportunity to sit with them and get feedback and reactions as well as potentially building a foundation that you really, really can thrive with. Is that the right word? Yes. Because um, if you start going in one direction and then you're like, okay, it's time for me to start selling products and getting paid thousands rather than hundreds, you're you're down a bunny trail that you you can't take a, you know, a side cut. You have to come back and start all over again. Okay, so be competent. It's very important to have backup equipment. <laughs> One of my 
recurring nightmares still after not being a full-time wedding photographer for decades is that I show up at a wedding and uh, my gear, I only have one camera and one lens and one flash and it all breaks. And luckily now there are people who come to weddings who have better photography than I do. So I think in an emergency, I would rent somebody's equipment and promise them photographs. Um, but it's better to be prepared. <laughs> One of my actual nightmares did happen. I used to have three camera bodies uh, and three lenses and three flashes with me at all times. Part of the reason for that is I was still doing double exposures. And to do that in camera, I would take a picture during the ceremony and then I'd have to put that away and then come back when I had the bride and groom and have them look down over the <laughs> over this ceremony. So that was the reason for that bonus one. But I did a wedding, lovely couple. Um, and I everything kept breaking. Or I couldn't figure out how, you know, it might have been something simple, but the wedding's happening. You don't have time to sit and evaluate which cord or which plug or which anything is the reason something's not firing. So before we even started the ceremony, when I was still doing the um, the portraits. I Now we call it the first look portraits of the bride and groom. And then the wedding party joins us. Everything became unusable, but one camera, one lens and one flash. And so over-prepared is just about right. So what else would I like you to know here? Um, if you're struggling with like the I'm not good enough or the imposter syndrome and self-doubt, um, first of all, go listen to the Jeffrey Shaw um, podcast from a week or two ago. But when you can separate your value from a product that you're producing that someone else will treasure when you see your work not as validation that you're important or creative or clever or worth drawing breath even when you can separate that out then it's so much easier to um not feel like an imposter because if if you're photographing and you know okay i may not every session hit a grand slam but i know i can create the basics that i've been hired to do when you're comfortable with that how good or perfect or excellent or if you said all the right things right or any of that is less important than what your client feels when they see them. And we kind of have an unfair advantage. Why do you think that is? Because we're selling them back to themselves. <laughs> because the people that they loved, the animals that they love, our subjects, you know, they already have an emotional attachment to the subjects. Or if it's if it's like branding, 
you know, they already have their their business invested, their hopes and dreams invested in this. So ra- rather than like if we were selling, I don't know, a chair, an office chair, there's not a real emotional attachment to that. Now, yes, an office chair that makes you comfortable, helps you be productive, uh, solves a back problem. That's good. But it's not the same as selling something that has a photograph of the precious little baby boy that that a family just loves to, you know, enjoy day after day. So it's a little bit cheating. And so you can trust that you can lean into that. So you might ask, and maybe I've already answered it, but I'm going to be really clear on this. How does being a competent, confident photographer, competent, not the best in the world necessarily, which there's no such thing, but how does all of this lead to attracting ideal clients? So first of all, our ideal clients, as I've already mentioned, don't just walk up and say, hey, I have $5,000 to spend and I want two wall portraits and an album or one wall portrait or, you know, wherever your pricing lands, they don't normally have that in mind. We're creating that kind of step. So we're making them, as I've already alluded to, into our ideal clients as we're working with them, as we're having consultations and planting seeds for sales, which I'm going to cover in step seven, just a little bit. Um, so that's the one thing is we're we're developing them like a lump of the right kind of clay or or uh, like if we're a sculptor and we get a piece of Carrera marble from a quarry in Italy, the, you know, it's not the statue David when we first get that, we turn it into that. And then the second thing is happy clients will refer us. So getting great testimonials, sharing us with friends, um, all those hugs when we deliver the results, which if we're not creating printed materials, we're not having that exchange that leads to the connection and the friendship. There'll be repeat clients. The the wedding that I told you about where I was down to one, one um, lens, I did anniversary portraits of that couple. I did their babies. You know, we had a long relationship because I made a connection with them and I served their needs, even though I wasn't with my favorite camera and I wasn't using, I, I was using a 50 and normally, uh, I would use a, a 120 or a 150 when I did weddings back when we had Hasselblads and fixed lenses. So I, I wasn't even using my Hasselblad because I didn't at the time have three Hasselblads. So um, I think that's all I need to tell you for now. Um, just a couple little things. If you haven't gone to lucydumascoaching.com, you can find this gift, the seven steps for attracting ideal clients and read along. And also I love when I know people are enjoying what I'm putting out here 
This is a labor of love. So if you could send me some love, um, just, you know, an email or uh, a little quick comment if you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening in a podcast or wherever, Instagram posts, my Facebook, all kinds of ways to just encourage me to keep doing this because I, my goal is to help people worldwide have thriving businesses, get paid what they deserve, have a wonderful life like I have and continue to have had. <laughs> um, and one last thing, I'm going to re-release my sales class that is a 12 recorded um, online course. So keep your eye out for that. And I will announce that at this last, so in two weeks, when I do a little wrap up, and we also talk a little about the importance of knowing how to sell. So that's it for now. And great big hug and kiss. And bye. You have been listening to the Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.